Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I feel like kind of disrespectful when I, when I come out on the court and I see like Devontae Graham guarding me just to start the game, Patrick Beverly, like it just, just kind of bothered me a little bit. So just trying to, trying to take advantage of it, whether that's just crashing the glass and then trying to make him box me out or just, just um, my teammates trusting me and giving it to me on the roadblock of the We are here to feel your Rockets news. This is a Rockets Field podcast, and I am one of your co-hosts, LaShar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter, at Binkley Hoops. You can find all my written work at SB Nation or the Dream Shake. So make sure you check any of those sources out. Uh, we're also going to be up on Instagram, Facebook, pretty much anywhere you can find content where Rockets Field is going to be there. So before we get too far off into another disappointing loss last night, uh, let, I'm going to let my co-host introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Instagram at Vader underscore H-Town. All right, Vader. So, of course, we're coming off of another a game where the Rockets had a chance, just like they did uh, in Indiana a couple of games ago. Um, they had a chance to win last night. They actually had a five or six-point lead with five minutes left in the game. Uh, but they went on to miss 11 of their next 12 shots somehow. I had to look that up twice to make sure I saw that correctly. Um, to end the game, and the Bulls end up pulling away 119 to 111. It was a lot of good things, especially in the first three quarters. Um, you saw, you heard in that earlier clip to start the show, that was from Jabari Smith, who who seems to be feeling really confident these days after having several good games in a row. He led the Rockets in scoring for the uh, second straight game with 20 points last night. Um, had another really good overall game. But it was a lot of good things to the first three quarters. The Rockets had 25-plus assists in the first three quarters. Uh, they had actually a eight- or nine-point lead going into the fourth quarter. They they shot the ball really well in the third quarter, scored 40 points. Um, but as we've seen all season long, it kind of flipped the script in the fourth quarter and not in a good way, uh, where they got doubled up in the last quarter uh, by the Bulls, and uh, the Bulls ended up pulling away and winning the game pretty easily in the last couple of minutes. Um, but – we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about Jabari Smith's strong play recently um, after having, you know, let's be honest, a disappointing season up until this point. also want to talk about something that's hadn't been talked about enough, and that's Tari Eason and specifically his shooting. I mean, I don't think anybody, I don't care how great of a draft expert you are, how much you follow uh, college basketball, I don't think a lot of people thought that Tari Eason would be the Rockets' best three-point shooter. Um 15 games left into the season. And that's exactly where Tari Eason is right now. He is their best shooter. 
Um, I know Uzma Garuba actually has a better percentage, but he shoots like one three every two weeks. So that doesn't really count. Tari Eason is the Rockets' best shooter um, at this point. But uh, let's start with uh, last night's game, uh, another disappointing game that the Rockets had last night. Uh, Vader, what did you see in last night's game? What's some of the things that you liked and what's some of the things that you didn't like in uh, last night's loss? I'm not disappointed at all, uh, LaShar, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I want to see the guys play well, and then ultimately we lose. Um, I have, you know, I've seen enough, you know, like we've suffered through this season already. I I don't need a bunch of meaningless wins at the end of the season to make me feel better. That's not going to make me feel better at all. Uh, I'm going to point to the Houston Texans as a team who, like, lost for the whole (laughs) season. We won for a tie. And then at the end of the season, you hear Lovey Smith talking about, uh, you know, we play to win the game. He pulled the Herman Edwards uh, line on me. I don't want to hear that, man. Like, he wasn't lying. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, we you, you tortured us all season. We have uh, the number one pick in the draft, like, right yeah. in front of us. And then you blow it, you know, because, you know, well, we we know. I, f- I feel like he won that game on purpose, but that's a whole Vince. different scenario. Yeah. But uh, as far as this goes, um, I think the guys need to win a game every now and again, just for morale purposes. You see how yeah. it, it, it does. It's a pickup uh, for them uh, in the locker room. You can tell on the floor that the guys are, are having fun and they're happy when they're winning. You saw that in those two San Antonio games. But for me personally, I'm just looking for individual growth from the players. And, and we're starting to see that. I'm seeing individual growth from Tari. I'm seeing individual growth at, at times from uh, Jalen Green, who's had an up and down season. And then, like you said, Jabari Smith Jr. has finally looked like the Jabari Smith Jr. that uh, people were saying could potentially be the first pick in the draft. I mean, it's been a long time coming, but golly, uh, he he followed up a 30 point and 12 rebound game with a 20 point and 10 rebound game. Like that yeah. that is the guy who uh, like pre-draft and and throughout the draft process when guys were saying, hey, I think Jabari Smith Jr. is going first in the draft because he's going to be able to uh, be a a, a knockdown shooter and um, play defense. That's the guy that we've seen the last two games. And actually it's been probably, it's been more than the last two games, but the last two games he really, he really broke out. There was a game before the 30 point game where I think he only got 15, where I, I think I posted on Twitter that um, hopefully this is something that he's going to build on. And man, sure enough, uh, you see his confidence. He's always been a trash talker, which I'm okay with. But <laughs> yes. A lot of trash. That's just how it is. You know, sometimes when you, depending on where you grow up or where you play basketball, but like I'm okay with some friendly trash talk and seeing Jabari out there knocking down threes and pointing at and pointing at guys and like you see him like chirping. Like I love that and the fact that his his confidence is still pretty high. Like I I, I feel like that's a good sign moving forward. He didn't just quit. He didn't um he didn't pack his tent. And, and, and call it a season, even though he was playing. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Jabari has like we, we've had like some moments throughout the season where we, we could point to him and be like, man, he looked good. Um, being like, uh, I think when we played the Milwaukee Bucks and he had a good game against Giannis, even though he didn't have a really good shooting game, it was just one of those games where you saw he could impact the game even without scoring. But uh, the last few games, man, you've seen him put it all together. It's exciting to watch, um, especially when you see what's, what's been going on in Orlando with, with Paulo Bancaro, who we thought we were going to draft just because that's what the reports told us. You know, guys like Woj and, and, you know, guys like that who, you know, trusted sources were like, yeah, he's going to fall to three because uh, Holmgren and, and, and Jabari are going before that. So yeah. to actually come out and look like a third pick in the draft, 
I love it, man, because I think um, going into the offseason, we need some we need a glimmer. Of, we needed a glimmer of hope, not just a well, he's only 19. He's he's one of the eight youngest players in the league. Uh, you know, he'll be better next year. You know, all of that, like, you know, all that talk that is just kind of like we're 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 saying stuff because wishful thinking. We're hoping yeah. we're wishing on a star. But to actually like see it uh, in real time, seeing the progress that he's made, uh, I, I don't think you can you can't quantify that. And so hopefully, you know, for the rest of the season, you know, obviously we're not going to get he's not going to probably average 20 uh, points a game for the rest of the season. But just to know that he can do it. And to know that his confidence is still sky high and to know that, uh, you know, next year after off season of work and of knowing what he has to work on and knowing that he's going to come back bigger and better and stronger. And, you know, uh, it's, it's exciting. And as a Rockets fan, I think you have to be excited, especially knowing that we hopefully are going to bring in another quality piece. And hopefully we're going to bring in some guys in free agency to help fill out the rest of the team um, real quickly. Tari Eason, great. He's been great all season. He's had, I think he had a little dip uh, before All-Star break, but like since we come back from All-Star break, he's picked it up again. Um, I did not expect him to shoot 37.6% from, from three-point yeah. three land for the season. I love Tari Eason, man. Like he was a guy when we, because I thought we were getting, getting Paulo Bancaro. Uh, when we did draft Jabari, I was at, I was at the uh, Houston Rockets draft party. And when we got when Eason fell to us at 17, um, I told all the people who who were there with me that like now I love the Jabari pick because I feel like uh, uh, Tari and Jabari in tandem is going to be a real solid forward um, group for us moving forward. So like I've always yeah. wanted him. Uh, people people said that he he might struggle with his shooting. People said that he might struggle with basketball IQ. And we've seen that we've seen the uh, basketball IQ thing sometimes, but I think he plays so hard. I don't know if I don't yeah. know if it's I don't know if it's IQ or if it's just this dude who is just out there. One man fast break. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My man is out there like trying to make it happen. He's trying to get it yeah. out the mud, so to speak. And you know, when you're on the worst team in the league, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to say is he would he do this on a team that has a little bit more structure and has a little bit more to play for. But like, I love the fact that like, sometimes he's just a bull in a china shop and he he's yeah. out there going crazy and he's making stuff happen. I know that's how uh, Ryan Hollins uh, coined that the goon squad uh, uh, phrase earlier in the season yeah. because Tari would come in a game along with like Garuba and uh, KJ Martin and they would just wreak havoc. Like there was, yeah. it wasn't like a bunch of plays being ran. It wasn't like super organized, but they'd come in a game and they would just turn the game around on just hustle and energy. And then um, lastly, uh, J- uh, Jalen Green, he is his shot making has taken a leap. Like I, I know. Um, Last year, like, I feel like he was a little dependent on, like, whether or not, like, if his three-point shooting was hot, whether or not he'd have a good game. But we've seen him this year get to the basket and get to the free throw line. Uh, So, like, I'm impressed. Like, I feel like even though they did not close the game very well last night, I just thought, like, through three quarters, he looked like a guy who knew what he wanted to do. He he played under control. The team has been – if you look at plus minus, the team has been a lot better with Jalen Green on the floor – than they have been with without him on the floor. And you probably couldn't say that very much <laughs> very frequently last year because well, he had one of the like worst plus minuses on the team, if not the very worst. So just the fact that like I, I love the fact that he is like with his improved body body strength, he's getting to the basket. Uh he's using his his speed and agility. He's jumping through these little keyhole like and he's contorting his body in the air. And dare I say like it's MJ-esque. It's not quite as good as MJ, obviously, because MJ is, to me, MJ is always going to be the GOAT. But 
the way he's getting up in the air, he's taking contact, he's adjusting the ball, and he's still making these layups. Like I, I, I like what I what I'm seeing from him, and, and that's also encouraging to me. But the way they blew the game yesterday, like it was, it was. I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I kind of laughed because like we got a team full of these young guys, and we want them to be. Uh, we want them to be ready right now. And they're, they're not ready. And last night they showed they're not ready. They they played three solid quarters, and then the wheels fell off. Uh, air balls, turnovers. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something from for them to learn on and something for, the, from, for them to build on when they look at the film. I mean, you have to look at it. Who on this team that plays regular minutes has been on a winning team in the NBA? None of the, none of the people that play normal minutes for the Rockets have been on a team that's actually a winning team. I mean, you look at other teams, younger teams like, yeah, Oklahoma City, but they had a Chris Paul there for a little bit who um, was able to kind of mold some of the young guys and, and some of the guys that are still on that team, like a Lou Dort and players like that. Um, even with uh, Shea Gilgos Alexander, he was on the Clippers team. Um, that even though they weren't a great team, they they still were able to win more games than this Rockets team has. Um, some of the other uh, you know younger teams they've been with players that have won in the past. I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. on those Cleveland teams, the Cleveland teams he was on, they weren't good. Um, I mean, Jalen Green, ever since he's been in the league, the Rockets haven't been good. Um, same thing with uh, Alperen Shagut. All these players have been in losing situations in the NBA, so they just don't know how to win basketball games yet. And, I, you know, you can kind of tell that they don't want to use their youth as an excuse anymore because we're like 70 games into our our almost 70 games into the season now. Um, but it's still a factor because unless you know how to do something, how are you going to be able to do it, especially in pressure-packed situations? I mean, you're going against Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, guys have been in the league forever. They've been around uh, winning situations that know how to you know, close out games. Even a Patrick Beverly, I mean, my guy, of course, Patrick Beverly has his – um, his season high or uh, close to his season high last night, his best shooting game in the entire season, of course, comes against the Rockets. And I swear to God, he must have had probably like 100 people in the uh, stands last night because that was the loudest I've heard it for an opposing team since probably like Golden State or L.A.'s been in uh, been in town because it was insane. It was almost like it was at a Chicago Bulls game. It was that loud. But you have people like Patrick Beverly that has won, and they just close out the game. And, the, and you could tell the Rockets were kind of like, in no man's land, they didn't really know what to do to end the game, and they made mistakes. They had turnovers they didn't have in the first three quarters. Um, they were passing the ball. They were moving around in the first three quarters, and then, like I said, the fourth quarter, just kind of what's been happening all year. They Usually it's Kevin Porter Jr. is that go-to guy to end the games, but since he's just coming back from being in and out of lineup, you can tell he's still trying to work his way back. So they didn't really have anybody that can really close the game out for him and kind of saw what happened in the end. Um, but with Tari Eason, that's like the biggest revelation all season has been his shooting. He was four for four last night, a career high in three pointers. I mean, that's just insane for somebody that nobody expected to be a good shooter in his first season. I mean, everybody really just talking about his defense and his hustle and, you know, the intangibles that he brings, but nobody was talking about his shooting. I don't think I saw any draft person say, hey, yeah, Tari Eason is going to come over and, and shoot 37, over 37% from three point range. Um, nobody saw that coming. So that's been a huge revelation. I mean, yeah, Stone has made some mistakes in some of his other, you know, dealings. Even with even with Josh Christopher, I want to talk a little bit about that too. I know people were saying that, yeah, he made a mistake. He just jazzed with Josh Christopher because he was 
buddies with Jalen Green. But Josh Chris has been playing a lot better lately. He had another good game last night. Um, he came in and brought energy. He uh, made a couple of big threes, finished with 11 points. Um, he had a, a really good game. He's been playing a lot better since he's been getting consistent minutes lately. So it's good to see with that because, yeah, for most of the season, he hasn't really been making any type of impact anywhere near he did last season. So Josh Christopher is another guy that's starting to play a little bit better as well. Um, they still don't know what they have at backup center um, because they trying to see what Uzma Garuba brings, but he's kind of been – um, in and out of the lineup, he's made some mistakes, and then he gets pulled. He doesn't really play a lot of minutes. So um, I see that they did try to go to Jabari Smith again at a backup center, even though I, I did ask Silas that before. Um, the game is if that's something they want to do more going into the end of the season. He's saying, well, they they, they might not run as much as, you know, as uh, some people may think, but it's something they may look into. And, and I saw that you posted, and I agree. I think that's something they definitely should explore to end the season because going into next season, Jabari Smith starts getting even more strength, starts to build up his body more. I think that's something that as a backup center, I think that's something that will be a good thing for the Rockets because that gives them another dynamic that they don't have with Shane Goon. It's a five that can actually stretch the floor and that can actually bring that center out from the paint because as we saw again last night, Vucevic basically lived in the paint. He didn't go out there and guard Shane Goon on pick and rolls. When Shane Goon got the ball to high post, it kind of just stood in the paint waiting for him to come to him. So the Rockets can use another dynamic at center. And I think that's something they can get from Jabari playing uh, some backup five, depending on who they bring in, because we all know Willie Cauley-Stein is not going to be here. Um, Boban may still be at the end of the bench, but he's not really playing. Frank Kaminsky doesn't even play at all. He's probably not going to be on the roster. So the Rockets definitely need some type of – some type of boost from that backup center spot uh, going into next season. Um, one other thing I want to kind of ask you about um, is uh, KJ Martin. He continues just to be consistent. He continues to play well. He continues to sometimes even fly under the radar because he just does the, the right things on the court. He doesn't seem to really make a lot of mistakes. Um, going into next season, or would you be comfortable with KJ Martin being the starting small forward, considering like maybe if they don't draft like a Brandon Miller or somebody like that, if they draft Scoot or a, uh, of course, Wimbyama, are you would you feel comfortable with KJ Martin uh, being the starting small forward? It's funny you ask that because I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Because I have like even when we get when we get off of of this, I'm gonna go watch Brandon Miller because <laughs> um, yeah. You know, like we've been talking Wimby and Scoot um, pretty much all season just to give us, you know, something to talk about and also give us some hope, you know, because, you know, it's been a rough season, let's be honest. Um, and, and talking about Wimby and Scoot kind of like gives you something to look forward to. But, you know, there is a possibility that the Rockets don't get the first or the second pick in the draft. And there are other guys in this draft who are who are good. Maybe they are not. Um, necessarily fran franchise changes, but you never really know, yeah. right? You 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 don't know what guys are going to be. It's all speculation. Yeah. We saw from even Jalen Green's draft, if you looked up and down that draft, some guys ended up being better than you thought they would be. Some guys ended up being worse. And, and like a, a very, very odd situation in Orlando. They drafted Suggs at, at, at fifth, and they drafted yeah. Franz Wagner way after that. Who's the better player right yeah. now? It's, it's been Franz Wagner... Uh, by a mile, you know, so you just don't know. It's a crapshoot. And so I've been looking at some of these other guys, too. And Brandon Miller is a guy who has caught my eye, who I was not I was not really big on him at the beginning of the season. But I'm seeing some playmaking yeah. flashes from him 
Um, I'm saying that he's a six nine guy. He's lengthy. He can defend a little. He can he can handle the ball because a lot of people were saying that he's just a Jabari Smith clone, but he he really is not. They're they're different players, and I think they got a ball handler. They complement each other very well. He can you yeah. know he can create his own shot. Um, but like say we don't bring in Brandon Miller, um, I think that leaves you um, that leaves you Tarius and, and KJ Martin to me fighting out that position. The guy the guy who I'm the and fit is, is Jay Sean Tate. The yeah. guy who I'm thinking who who, who kind of might be the odd man out if they're looking to make a trade, uh, unless KJ Martin demands a trade again, to me might be might be Jay Sean Tate. And um not because I don't like the way he plays. I think he's a bulldog. I think he he's he's obviously one of the best defensive players on the team. He can get his he can get his in the paint, you know, pretty much anytime he wants against smaller defenders or guys who are his size, even sometimes against guys that are bigger than him. But like if I'm looking at the forward rotation, to me right now, I think he's the guy who I'm just kind of like I kind of got my eye on. How does he fit if we bring in, you know, if we're looking to bring in veterans next year and we're looking to bring in maybe, you know, some some other young guys as well, um, because somebody's going to somebody's going to have to be traded. Like we we just have to yeah. be we just have to be like 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 realistic, um, no matter who no matter who you like on this team. There is a outside possibility that uh, that that guy might not be here next season because um, it's, you can't keep everybody because you can't keep everybody happy. Like how is how is KJ Martin going to feel if you do bring in Brandon Miller and Brandon Miller is slotted to be the starter, um, and you still got like Tari Eason and all these other guys on the team. Like I don't think KJ Martin's happy. So maybe you have to move on from KJ Martin not because you don't like KJ Martin as a player. He's been fantastic. KJ Martin is one of the best in-game dunkers I think I've ever seen. And that's saying a lot. Like, his in-game dunking is – it's it's crazy, man. Like, he yeah. – the way he just the, – the the speed and the power that he generates when he goes to the basket is just something to watch. Like, I, I he, he's one of my favorite guys to watch on the team. His um his three-point shot when he does get consistent minutes is, is you know, it's not – I won't say it's money, but he at least is respectable from out there. Uh, he yeah. rebounds his position very well. So yeah, best like, cutter yeah. on the team. Yep, he's the best cutter on the team. He plays really well with Alperen Shingun. He probably him. I, I would say him and Alperen Shingun probably had the best chemistry on the team as far as like guys yeah. who who work together well as far as synergy. Um, so it, to me, like I, I love KJ Martin, but when you look at like roster construction and what what are they trying to build next year, like I don't know if he's going to be here or not. Like I want him here. Uh, he's yeah. not the guy who, uh, like, if I have to, if I look at the group of fours, he's not the guy that I want to get rid of. But I also know that he knows that he is a good player and that he needs to, you know, be at least getting twenty minutes per game. So, um, I like, like I said, I like KJ. What do you, what do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's the most. And, he's oh, the and most, before, before you go, one yeah. more time. But um, one thing that I think that you don't get from him at small forward position, which I think you kind of probably want, is shot creation. Right. Yeah. He he um he doesn't really like say you put Brandon Miller at small four, right? You want a guy at the on the wing like that who can probably not just be a scorer but can also create, you know, yeah. as a secondary playmaker. And I don't think that's the one weakness in KJ's game to me. Like I think like I said, he can rebound, he shoots he shoots it well enough. He's not a knockdown shooter, but he shoots well enough. Yeah. 
he obviously is great rolling to the basket. But the one thing that I think is a weakness in his game is actually like is passing. Yeah. So that's that's the only thing that I see that yeah. I, that I don't like about the way he plays. Yeah, and I think it's just all come down to with any of these players outside of Jalen Green and probably probably Jabari Smith. If you can find a better player, um, you you have to go for that player. Um, you when I say that, I say that you actively are looking to upgrade the position. I don't think they're actively looking to upgrade the shooting guard position or the power four position right now. But every other position, I think, is open game and. Uh, KJ Martin to me has been the Rockets' most consistent player all season long. But if they can find somebody that's better than KJ Martin, I don't think you say, "Oh well, we don't want to you know alienate KJ Martin, so we're not going to bring in Brandon Miller. We're not going to do no." I don't think they'll do that. So at this point, if they can't find anybody better, I wouldn't say that I would just be looking extremely hard in free agency to try to upgrade the small forward position. I don't think that's the position that they need the most. Uh, help at but if you can't find somebody better i don't necessarily have a problem with them bringing somebody else in a small forward um because i just don't think kj martin at this point like you said i don't think he wants to come off the bench anymore um i mm-hmm. think he believes that he should be a starter and that if you do bring in somebody like a brandon miller i don't think kj martin is going to want to stick around um anyway because i think he wants to be able to play more minutes now tari Eason, i think he's at this point he's okay was still coming off the bench that might change in the next uh, year or two but i think that he'll be fine coming off the bench and i think that's why he will he'll probably stick around longer than kj martin not just not because he's a better player but because he's more willing to take a bench position um and i don't think kj martin is willing to do that especially with a contract coming up and and things like that i think he's ready to want to take on a bigger role going forward so if he's still around, I'm fine with KJ Martin being around because I think he's a really good player. I think he does a lot of things that I wish other Rockets would do um, as far as cutting to the basket, running hard on every single fast break. Even if he doesn't get the ball, he's sprinting down the court, which opens up lanes for other players. And I think that's something that I, you know you would want the entire team to do and they don't do on a regular basis. But if you can find a better player, I mean – Let's be honest. A lot of these players are not going to be on the Rockets in two or three years. That's, that's just the way that's it goes. That's going to be hard. That's what's yeah. really going to be hard because, like, we've grown attached to that, a lot of these guys. But yeah. when you're trying to, we 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 are not a good team. <laughs> we're <laughs> to say we're not least. a good team. So when you when you're talking about okay, we need to upgrade the roster. What does that mean? That that means you probably need to bring in, a, you know, some more starter quality guys. So yeah. if you like Alper and Shingun, if you can bring in a center that's better than Alper and Shingun, there is that, a center better than Alper and Shingun. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> There's, um, if you're a Kevin Porter Jr. fan, um, if you bring in James Harden, where does that leave Kevin Porter Jr.? If yeah. you're, um, you know, if like you said, if you're a KJ Martin fan and you bring in a high draft pick, or you, let's say you could bring in a guy like Mikael Bridges, which you know, like that's probably not realistic at this point, but I do know that you know, or at least if we are to believe the reports that uh, the Rockets did try to offer some of Brooklyn, um, Brooklyn's draft capital back to them in order to bring Mikael Bridges here. But if you can yeah. bring in a guy like Mikael Bridges to be your small forward, I mean, I think you have to do that. It's it's an it's, it's an upgrade. And yeah. so um, that being said, like like I said, we're, we're the we've had the worst record in the league uh, or, or close to it for three years. 
even though I like a lot of these of these guys, like realistically speaking, the team, the roster needs an upgrade. And so uh, and, a, and an overhaul, you know, for the most part. So there are going to be some tough decisions made and there are going to be some guys on the team who aren't going to be happy with it. And I think uh, Raphael Stone is going to have a uh, he's going to have an interesting uh, offseason. That's for sure, because yeah. like, when you when you bring a free agent in, it's not just or or you make a trade or you draft a guy. You have to. You, he's he's obviously looking at the big picture, and 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 there's personalities involved. And yeah. you know, some of these guys are probably not going to want to come off the bench, or they're not going to want to have their roles diminished. And uh, he's going to have to, you know, obviously make some decisions based on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got a lot of choice uh, decisions coming up this off season. I mean. You look at it, this is one of the most important offseason Rockets had in years. So a lot of these players, you know, they feel like they've been sticking around during the really bad times. And now that you're trying to win, oh, you're breaking in so-and-so. So, yeah, ego's coming to play. We're all human beings um, at the end of the day. So if somebody has hurt feelings, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, you know, certain players aren't around uh, in the next couple of seasons. Uh, before we wrap it up, I wanted to ask you just sort of about the comment that Jabari had at, well, that we saw at the beginning of mm-hmm. the uh, show. Um, how do you feel about, because it seems like he's been confident all year and it's really starting to show even more now that his play has improved. What do you feel about him name dropping people like Patrick Beverly and Devontae Graham saying he feels disrespected uh, if those players are even trying to guard him? Because me personally, I don't have a problem with it. I know some people in the comments were saying, ah, he shouldn't be saying anything. He's been horrible all year. I mean, if he was, you know, backing down and wasn't saying anything, then people would be mad about that. To me, I like a, a player that's confident, especially a rookie. That means that regardless if they're playing good or bad, they're going to go out there and they're going to, you know, try their best. They're not going to back down from anybody. And and this, my answer is, uh, like, we hadn't even talked about this. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it because – like to see this guy struggle all year and I've seen other teams put little dudes on him and I'm sitting <laughs> yeah. in my living room and I'm like, there's no way this man is, this point guard is guarding six foot 11 Jabari <laughs> Jr. This is yeah. embarrassing. Like, you know, like have some pride, man. And so like the fact that he's been feeling this, you know, cause I've been feeling this for him. I'm, I'm offended for him. And so like, <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if he even cared or if he even noticed. So I'm glad that he is like, Hey, you put a little dude on me, I'm going to punish him. And because yeah. that is that is what uh, we saw from the great Hakeem Olajuwon. You know, like H- H- Hakeem Olajuwon, you put a little dude on Hakeem, he was ready to go oh, to work. He won't fall you better, and you better pass him. <laughs> he might yeah. fight you in the locker room. Ask Vernon. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal, like you put a little dude on me, barbecue chicken. I want Jabari yeah. Smith Jr. to have that kind of like the – the, the great players, and I, I don't know if he's going to be great or not, but but great players have the mentality that, like, if you put somebody on me, this like, especially, like, in a way where it's, it's disrespectful, like, you do you think this guy can guard me? So for yeah. them to put, like, small guys on him, thinking that those guys can guard him, I think I think it's disrespectful, and I'm glad that he's taking it personally because I think he should take it personally. And I like the fact that, he, like I said, he he came out and he dropped 30 and 20 and, and two consecutive double-doubles. So, yeah. no, nah, I'm perfectly okay with him saying that. Like, um, you know, obviously you got to go out there and back up your trash talk, but I think as long as you're not being disrespectful and you, you're going out there and you're backing up what you're saying, uh, like, by all means, do what you have to do. Like, we see we – see, now, when the trash talk starts to get a little crazy, uh, you look at a guy like Dylan Brooks uh, from Memphis. 
Like that man is just he is he is on a roll right now. He is just out there just saying whatever comes to his mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I want I would rather have a confident player than a player that's losing his confidence because it, we know confidence is a big part of playing in the NBA. I mean, especially for a young guy. I mean, because they're usually going to be the ones that can lose their confidence a lot faster than, let's say, somebody's been in the league for 10 years. Like, like P.J. Tucker, you think he – even though he hasn't – he can go 10 games in a row without making a shot. I seriously doubt P.J. Tucker is losing any confidence in his game. So you want a young player to come out there and show that, like, I don't care what anybody says about me. I don't care. You know, you putting Patrick Beverly on me, even though he's a little pest, there's no way he should be able to guard me one-on-one in the post. I mean, I, I personally, I like it. And, I, you know, as long as it doesn't go overboard, like you said, I don't I don't have a problem with it at all. I would like to see more of it at the end of the year, and hopefully that kind of propels them into next season. Uh, that's going to probably do it for today's show. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here uh, a little bit early, but we're definitely we'll be back because the Rockets have – a handful of games left before the end of the season and before the real season starts for the Rockets uh, before we get into draft season and find out the direction the Rockets are going to go for the next several years, honestly. Uh, that's going to be the bigger story. But we'll see how the Rockets finish the season. Hopefully they can finish uh, with some more positive than negative. Um, that'll be good to see as they go into next season. So make sure you check us out for our next show, the Rockets Fuel Podcast. Uh, we appreciate everybody that comes and joins us every week on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, so, like I said, make sure you check out our next show next week, uh, the Rocket Fuel Podcast, presented by Clutch Fans. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.